0: Hello, beautiful creepsters. My name is Joyce, but you can call me Joe. And I'm coming to you from the great state of Texas. (laughs) I hope I did that justice. You are listening to a Paranormal Chicks with Donna and Carrie. And this is the next episode of Sinister Sightings.
1: I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings, 137. And you just heard Joyce from Texas. No, still not good. What what happened to you? Texas. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Joyce, you just joined the Discord. Stalker alert. Not you, her. Joyce, I know. Oh, no! N- no!
0: Good. <laughs> no, I um called up on the welcome messages today. Mm. Well, Joyce killed it on the intro, so if you want to do an intro or you want to in the Discord like we're talking about, head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. All levels of Patreon can join the Discord chat. All right, jumping right in. Hi, you beautiful ghouls. I randomly found your podcast looking for a good true crime paranormal podcast and found you guys about two months ago and have listened to every episode you guys have out on Spotify. And I can't get enough. It's like hanging out with friends. Your beautiful voices. Is- beautiful. Vo-
1: okay. <clears throat> me, 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 me. Just kidding. Oh, okay. Lord. Of course you would say me, 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 me. <laughs> says the Leo. <laughs>
0: yo. Yeah, yeah, <yeah>, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, back to our beautiful voices. Bring me comfort, and the way you two talk makes my day. I love you guys a lot. Thank you for helping everyone except being an extra large pizza, an extra tall pizza, and anything pizza. You truly help show us acceptance as well. Anyway, sorry if that intro is long. Time for the story. My name is Adriana, and you may use my name if you read this story. I hope it's not boring to y'all. So, to start this, I live in Canada, specifically British Columbia. So, if any of you know of Canadian serial killers, maybe you know where my story is going, or at least who it's about. Today's story is how I learned my own mother came in contact with Robert Picton, the serial killer pig farmer from around here.
1: Oh, you did his story. Mm -hmm.
0: So flashback to when my mom was a teenager. I'm horrible with math, so I'm not even going to do the math of how old she was exactly. Well, back then, my mom ran with a bad crowd. She sold drugs as a teenager and knew all the local sex workers and was even friends with some of them. Side note, my mom was friends with 95% of his victims. So this shows you how close he truly was to my own mother. Anyway, so before anyone really knew who Picton was. He would drive through my mom's neighborhood, all of the time, slowly, but horribly, he would pick off my mom's friends, the people she knew as his victims. One day, he pulls over and stops and asks my mom for directions. My mom, being the woman she is, told him to fuck off and figure it out himself. She was busy and she was a smart lady who didn't talk to strange people that gave her a bad feeling. And well, that's kind of the story about how if my mom picked a different line of unconventional work, she could have been a Picton victim and I wouldn't be here today. I'm sorry if. The story was a little boring or not too many details I have more stories to send in and we'll be sending them in because hearing you lovely ladies with that lovely southern twang saying my Spanish ass name will make my day have a good day ladies creep it real and stay spooky well now I'm fucking panicking I said your name wrong <laughs> and you are too sweet but thank you thank you thank you yes I loved all of that that story you thinking is boring and I'm like
1: holy fuck <laughs> I don't know what that was. (laughs) That's a sound clip. That's what that is. (laughs) Text tone. That is wild that your mom knew his victims. Like, that's so sad that her friends were his victims. I'm glad she was street smart and stuck to her guns and everything. You know, so she was just like, fuck off. And was lucky enough to get away. He was probably stunned by it.
0: Yeah, he's probably like, what? This woman's telling me no?
1: Actually, he's probably used to people telling him know which is why he's a dick face serial killer right well we definitely want all the stories so send them in the next one is titled my first paranormal experience Hi, ladies. I hope you two are doing well. I wrote in last time about the demon in the corner of my room. Thankfully, that chapter is over. But I said I would write in more stories as I have quite a few. So I thought, why not send in my first real paranormal story? Okay, so this happened when I was about seven or eight years old. It was at the house I grew up in. It was my parents and my two older siblings who were at that time 11 and 12 and my dog who we kept in a kennel in the basement at nighttime. That's who all lived there. Every once in a while, our dog had so much energy at night that he didn't want to sleep. So he would escape his kennel and run up and down the stairs that led to the basement like a maniac. He was only one, but he was a white German shepherd and was pretty big and was still in training. So he was a little mischievous, but had a lot of energy. So one of us would have to go downstairs and put him back inside his kennel when that happened. By one of us, I mean one of our parents, because the basement was so creepy, as most basements are. But even as a kid, I avoided being down there alone. My mom would do laundry downstairs and one day came upstairs in a panic. She was saying someone touched her back, and when she turned around to see who it was, no one was there. No one really took this seriously, but I remember being creeped out. My dad brushed it off and said she must have imagined it. Not too long after, my mom ended up falling down the stairs, leading to the basement, and breaking one of her front teeth. Oh my god, biggest fear in life. It really is for you. We had to rush her to the emergency room to get stitches. I always remember her saying how accidents happen, but she was down there almost every day and never just slipped and fell. So my mom was convinced it was something else, something sinister. Needless to say, after that, us kids were scared of the basement, which leads me to my first paranormal experience. It was a Saturday evening, and my parents were going out on a date night. It was one of the first times they felt comfortable leaving us three kids alone at night. Since my brother and my sister were almost 13 years old, my parents said it would only be a couple of hours, but if there is an emergency, call 911. This was back in the 90s when cell phones weren't quite a thing just yet. So my parents put the dog in the kennel for the night and told us that they wanted us in bed by the time they got back, but us being kids didn't listen. Instead, I watched TV in the living room, and my brother was in his room playing video games, and my sister journaling and listening to the Backstreet Boys in hers. About an hour later, we heard my dog running up and down the stairs. It was actually so loud that both my brother and sister came out of their rooms because they had heard it, which I remember finding odd. Normally when the dog did that, you could only hear it from the living room. I was getting ready to get up and tell one of them that he was running around down there. Since we were weary of the basement, we all agreed to go down together to put the dog back to bed. So we all made our way down, opened the door, and don't see our dog running. So we go further down the stairs to find him, and what do we find? Him sound asleep in his kennel, completely knocked out, and the cage locked. At this point, we are all freaked out and ran upstairs. We weren't sure what to make of what had just happened. Then we heard it again the running up and down the stairs. We then came up with a plan to go back downstairs with baseball bats and to swing at whatever intruder was down there. Meanwhile, as we're planning, we still hear the loud running up and down the stairs. So we go back down, baseball bats in hand, very close together. My dog is still asleep. We turned all the lights on and searched everywhere and we found absolutely nothing. At this point, we were really scared and brought the dog upstairs with us. We all sat. In the living room, terrified, trying to make sense of what was happening. When once again the sound of running up and down the stairs. I remember holding back tears. I didn't want my brother and sister making fun of me, but they seemed equally as scared. We felt we had run out of options and about to call 911 when my parents get home at that same time. As soon as they came in, the sounds completely stopped. We ran into our parents' arms and told them the whole story. My dad kept asking us if we were sure. It wasn't the dog. But since my mom had had a few experiences down there, she believed us. After that day, we never had the dog sleep in the basement again. I convinced my parents to let him sleep in my room with me. And after that, I never experienced anything else in that house. Then a few years later, we lost the house because of financial issues and had to move. Looking back, that story always freaks my siblings and I out. That was the first and only time I had experienced so much paranormal noise at once. I will never forget how loud it was. It legit sounded like multiple people running up and down the stairs. Even typing that now still gives me chills. Something I always think about, though, is how at that time, my parents were under a lot of stress and always fighting. I always wondered if that attracted it or if the house was the reason for it. Who knows? It was all very dark. Well, I hope you enjoyed. I have a few more stories that aren't as creepy but Good experiences with loved ones who have passed. I'll write soon. Keep doing the amazing work, girls. Seriously, you two make my day. Maria. I'd have been arguing for that damn dog to get out of the uh, basement
0: long before. If I was that mama, i had been like, fuck that. We're not putting him down there. I'm not going down there by myself. I would make my kids go back down there. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, if you're the one that wants to keep him down there, then you're the one that got to go take care of him. No, thank you. Mm-mm. The only time I've ever lived anywhere with a basement was when I lived in Salem for like four months. And I would go down the basement stairs and I would whop my head on that thing because mm-hmm. I don't know how to walk. <laughs>
1: You don't know how to turn a corner without hitting the door or the jam. I can't fucking walk to save my life. No, that's why you were hell on wheels when you had that knee scooter. Literally hell on wheels.
0: Also, Colby the other day said, what happened to this door frame? It's been that way the whole time we've been together because I did that on my scooter before I even, before we were even a couple. Yeah. Like it's literally been there the entire time you've lived here. (laughs) Like you said that you knew how to fix it. It's been here (laughs) the entire time. (laughs) Clearly not fixed. And he says, I have the bad memory. Well, you do. Okay, the next one. I don't know what the fuck is going on. That's the title of it. Greetings, ladies. I love your show and listen to it regularly, but I have been hesitant to share my story because my family makes me think I'm crazy. About four months ago, my mom was in the hospital. She has chronic pneumonia and was admitted to the ICU. Of course, I was scared because of COVID. I went to bed worrying about her. About 2 a.m., I was woken up by something tussling my blankets from my feet to the top of my thigh. Then I felt a blast of warm air on my leg. I looked up and saw a figure that looked like my mom. For some reason, I swiped at it and it disappeared. So I woke up my husband and asked him if he could have been on my side of the bed. He said no and he was sound asleep. He could sleep through a garbage truck driving through a nitroglycerin plant. Christmas vacation reference. I've sensed a presence many nights since then, at the same time of night. Then, a few nights ago, I felt someone come into the room, walk up beside my bed, and then stare at me for several moments. When I turned and looked, there was no one there. I asked my husband and son the next morning, and they both denied they had come to that side of the bed. With the blankets now over my head and me sweating profusely, I thought I was awake, but it was like I could see through my blankets. I looked at the top of my pillow, and there was a ghostly baby. Outlined in green, laying on my pillow, sucking on my finger. Uh-uh. I screamed, and unfortunately, the only one that came was my eight-year-old son, who held my hand and told me that it was going to be okay. Oh. I don't know what it was or who it is, but tonight I plan on asking them to please leave. The only thing I could think of is we have my mother-in-law's ashes. She passed away in May, and it's the only thing that I have been able to come up with. Our relationship was not stellar. Jessica from Crazy Florida. Jessica, I'm thinking that you got an update since then because uh, you sent that in February. So uh, tell me. (laughs) <laughs> Did they go away when you said that? Yes.
1: Oh my gosh. I don't like any of that story. None of it. Why was the ghost baby green? Did it stink? I wonder. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs>
0: The things that I know that's going to gross down out.
1: Oh, God.
0: And it's weird you could, like, waft it away by, like, swiping at it.
1: Yeah. I do not like that feeling of someone being over me or watching me. I get like that at night, too. And, like, it was enough that it, like, woke you up. Mm Mm-hmm. Kind of. Because you could see through your blankets. But kind of asleep, maybe? Question mark? Yeah. I don't know. Jessica, are you okay? Let us know. This one is... Choir Boy Haunting. Hey Donna and Carrie, I've been wanting to send in one of my paranormal stories for quite some time and have found a quiet afternoon to sit down and do so. I have to preface this by saying the paranormal and my mom's side of the family go hand in hand as my great-grandmother, grandmother, and my mom have psychic medium gifts. And I believe that these have been passed down to myself. One of the most notable experiences I have had happened not too long after my family and I moved into a new house during my last year of high school. At first, the only creepy thing about our new house was that my parents' master bathroom light and fan would turn on by itself. We had a couple different electricians check the electrical, and they could not find anything wrong. After we renovated the basement, I moved into a room down there, which happened to be directly below my parents' bedroom and a master bathroom. Sometimes I would be able to hear their footsteps, so I didn't think too much about what I'm going to tell you next. After I turned on, off the lights and laid down in bed, every night I began to hear music sounding like it was coming from my parents' bedroom through the floor. I shrugged it off assuming it was them watching some late night TV or listening to music. Or, you know. (laughs) However, as time passed, I noticed the music I would hear had the same melody and would sound like a young boy or a woman singing a church choir song. The music sounded far enough away that I could not make out the lyrics. One day when getting ready for school, I casually mentioned to my mom that I could hear their TV or music playing every night from their bedroom and that it was kind of annoying. My mom turned to look at me puzzled and she said she also hears the music every night and assumed I was watching TV or playing music in my room. My mom and I discussed the characteristics of the song and found out we were hearing the exact same thing. After this happened, activity in the house started to ramp up. My parents' master bathroom fan and light would turn on more frequently and also started to turn off by itself, especially when someone was in the shower which was so creepy at night. After this, I started showering before it got dark. Also, the song that we would hear every night got louder. One day, my mom, dad, and I were sitting in our living room when my mom looked at something in the hallway behind my dad's head and turned white as a ghost. My mom then explained that she just saw a young boy, approximately 13 or 14 years old, wearing a white collared shirt and beige shorts, walking down the hallway. We looked down the hallway, however, he had disappeared. A few days later, my brother, who was eight at the time, had a couple of his friends over for a sleepover. They were standing in the kitchen talking talking to my mom when one of my brother's friends jumped. He told my mom that he just saw a boy walking down the hallway. To make this even creepier, we did not tell my younger brother about the activity because he was scared to go to bed as it was. So to me, this was external validation. Something definitely was going on. The next morning, my mom told me that she got up very early, around 4am, to use the master bathroom when she heard the same song. Except this time, it was very loud and clear. My mom was able to hear that this was definitely the voice of a young boy, likely the one that was spotted in our hallway. Despite the loud music, no one else in the house woke and my mom ran from the bathroom and back into bed. After this event, my mom and I cleansed the entire house using sage that we got out of powwow we go to every summer. My mom's side of the family is aboriginal. After we cleansed the house, we heard no more music and had no more sightings in the house. The master bathroom light and fan will occasionally not turn off when we flip the switch, but otherwise it stopped turning off and on by itself. My mom and I feel the house definitely attracts paranormal energy there have been more events that have happened here. We have a theory that this experience could have been started by the thrifted antique armoire I put in my bedroom after the renovation. Since energy seemed to be centered in my bedroom, parents' bedroom, and their master bathroom, which is all in the same area of the house. Let me know what you guys think. Thanks for listening and I will be sure to send in more paranormal experiences that have happened to my family and me. I've even got some alien stories. Creep it real and don't get scared from Emily in Toronto, Canada. The stuff started in your parents' room before you moved downstairs though, right? Because the light
0: was flickering and stuff. Yeah. So I don't think it's coming from your chair then, because you moved it's to an armoire. Your, same thing. Um, because why in my head was an armoire, a chair. <laughs> I
1: don't. I guess arm. Was, maybe. Maybe. You just. Know. It was
0: like a like a basic like folding chair with really <laughs> fancy arms. But the armoire came when you moved down below them, right? When you when you moved and re-whatevered. The renovation. Yeah. So I don't think it can be from that because the lights were flashing before then. But the boy singing. Yeah. But the, the fan thing is still connected if it's connected.
1: You know what I mean? But she said other things have been happening at the house and they thought that it was kind of like paranormal activity was attracted there. That's what scares me about antiques because I watch all these paranormal shows and it is so many times. Oh, we got this little trinket on, you know, blah, blah, blah. It was had an attachment to it or something. No, no, no. Or like the black sand that we had the last sinister Mm -hmm. sightings. No, 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 no.
0: I know. And I do all the antiquing.
1: I know. And you have that haunted mirror. It's it's definitely not haunted. It's not haunted, but it looks like it would be. Yeah, it does look like it would be. Like they did the antiquing to it to make it look like a haunted mirror. Well, I definitely want to hear about your alien stories. I want to hear everything, but those alien stories. You want to hear everything but the alien stories, or you're saying... I want to hear everything
0: but those alien stories, though. Also, uh, my aunt has a house where the master bedroom is upstairs. It's the only thing upstairs, like master bedroom with the en suite. Since you said armoire,
1: I figured I had to say I was say about ensuite. to say, you're going to say ensuite, but you didn't know fucking armoire? I just had
0: to... I mean, y- y'all were taking it up a notch, and I just had to meet you where you were. Mm, hmm So anyway, at one point, though, for some reason, she and somebody had switched, like one of her kids, or she, I don't know, she always takes people in, like, you need a house to stay in? Here, come live with me. And she was like living downstairs, and she realized how much she could hear of what was going on upstairs and she's like how many years did my kids sleep under me you know because they're grown now and she's like they were on the first floor and her and like her boyfriend upstairs oh shit why is that my first go-to because that was the most uncomfortable thing (laughs) other than smelling people's food about living in apartments Selling people's foods and hearing people above you have sex made me, like, gave me hives. Like, that makes me so fucking uncomfortable. I'd be like, get it, get no, it. No, it. <laughs> it makes me physically uncomfortable. I hate it. Hate <laughs> You're it. It is so weird. The next one is called A Sinister Sightings. I'm very passionate about how big a piece of shit the man in my story is. Ooh. My name is Secret. Call me KF. And I found your podcast a few days ago, and it's helped keep me sane on my long commute to work. I am much more of a paranormal junkie, seeing as true crime makes me beyond paranoid. Ghosties, sure. Mass murderers and psychopaths, not so much. However, the way you gals deliver true crime has piqued my interest for sure. You're my first paranormal podcast that I have truly enjoyed and stuck with after more than two episodes.
1: Oh my gosh, thank you. I
0: know. This technically isn't my own sinister sightings, but my sister's. First off, let me say that when my sister moved into this horror of a house, she had a lot of work to do. She moved into a home that could have been the set of any retro porn from the 70s, orange and yellow walls. Although the porno walls weren't the biggest issue in this home. Let me start off by saying she bought this home by her mother effing self as a single mom of my beautiful five-year-old niece and allowed her douche canoe of an abusive boyfriend who is Lucifer himself to move in with them. So the activity started almost immediately when they moved in. It was a tri-level home and the laundry room was on the bottom floor. She says that she would be downstairs doing laundry and she would hear footsteps upstairs and constant whispers. She always assumed the douche canoe had gotten home and just hadn't told her because piece of... Because piece of trash he is. However, when she walked upstairs, there would never be anyone in the house. She would be walking up to the top level and my niece's door would swing open by itself. So she would go in to check and my niece was fast asleep. Also, her dog refused to live in the house. When left alone, he completely tore up the floor. Terrified pup equals spooky demon. These were the tiny little spooks that led up to the big, ultimate, sage the house or burn the whole thing down worthy spook. She was working two jobs at the time as a teacher and, of course, has a second job because obviously teachers aren't paid enough, so she got off around 11 o'clock one night from the restaurant we both serve at and came home to a dark house. She knew her abusive sack of trash was asleep, so she tried to avoid turning on the lights when she got home. She opened the door to the bedroom and, crouched beside the sleeping douche canoe, was a fucking shadow figure demon. She watched it lean over him and, when I guess it realized, It wasn't alone. This thing sideways crab crawled towards the wall. My bad bitch sister walked straight into the bedroom where the fan string was and turned on the light. As soon as the room lit, the creature slash whatever the fuck it was, was gone. Side note, if I ever saw this, I would have burned the fucking house down and dipped out. No lights would have been turned on. She calmly told the creature that she and my niece were to be left alone and that it was not welcome near either of them. Fast forward when she came to her senses and kicked the crap bag out. My boyfriend, now husband, woot woot, and I moved in. (laughs) (laughs) You write like literally how I think. We lived there for over six months and never experienced anything. My entire family is sensitive to things, and some more than others, and nothing. No weird noises, no crab crawling creatures, nothing. Once we moved out, she allowed a friend of hers who had also had an abusive piece of trash boyfriend and her two kids move in for a while. Keep in mind, this was around a year since she had seen, heard, or experienced anything in this house. The first night the family and abusive trash of a man moved in, it all started again. She began hearing the whispers and footsteps. However, now the sounds were outside of the room this family was staying in not her own. Her friend asked her after the first few nights if she could hear the voices the night before. The friend said that all night they could see and hear someone pacing outside of the bedroom they were trying to sleep in. This went on the few weeks that the family lived with her. Once they were gone, the activity stopped altogether. We believe that this creepy crab crawling entity was either one, feeding off the abusive piece of trash men that lived in the house, or two, wasn't so bad and was trying to force scare the abusive piece of trash men that kept Kept moving in out of her house. I believe it's a 50-50 chance either way. I just find it strange that there was only one active presence when there was evil energy slash people in the house. My husband and I never felt anything and when my sister and niece lived there, nothing. I hope you enjoyed my borrowed sinister sightings. You can definitely not include all of the insults if you decide to read this. There's a lot of pent-up anger here. I absolutely love you guys and appreciate you making my commute more bearable. Much love from South Carolina KF for a little bit of privacy because psychos.
1: When I was listening, I seriously was like, okay, it's either feeding off of the really bad energy from the men or it's trying to protect the women. And then you said it, I was like, "Mm, yeah, see, Mm
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, that is like 100% that little creepy crawly thing going, uh, I'm going to fuck with this person who fucks with other people.
1: Pick on somebody your own size. But I don't need that creepy crawly. Like that, you painted such a good picture with that and it fucking creeped me out.
0: The crab crawling? No. Sideway? Mm -mm. Nope. But I know exactly what you're fucking talking about. Mm -hmm. I've watched enough scary movies to fucking know.
1: Mm -hmm, And I never want to see it. All right, the next one. Hi, ladies. I finally found the time to message you my weird and creepy story. I've always been a skeptic, so I've always found a way to rationalize what my mom and I saw. But listening to all your stories and all the sinister sightings make me question my logical mind. Anyway, when I was very young, maybe five or six, my mom and I were home one day. In our living room, we had a computer desk with one of those super old desktop computers and a bunch of wires leading down behind it. I was playing in the living room and looked up at the desk to see this white, shifty image in the air behind. The desk. It looked like smoke from a fire. I also started to smell smoke and burning. Naturally, I called to my mom and asked her to take a look. She saw it too and definitely smelled the smoke. My mom grabbed my arm and we ran out of the house before she called 911. The fire department arrived and examined the entire area around the desk and the rest of the living room. There was nothing. They said there was no smoke, no evidence of any wires or circuits burning, just nothing. My mom and I went back inside, both slightly embarrassed that we called the fire department for an imaginary flame. I only saw the image one more time before we moved, but didn't tell my mom because I didn't want her to call the fire department again. To this day, I have no idea what it was, but always think back to that imaginary smoke and vivid burning smell. That one was from the website and they didn't say like you can say my name, so I don't want to say their name
0: that's what's so hard though is it's like you okay you experience this thing and it's like you want to make sure and be like okay i'm not going to burn the house down right and so like you call somebody and then it's like actually uh there's nothing and then you feel like I wasted their time but you didn't because that's what they're there for and better safe than sorry but i would be the same way i'd be i'd be like oh god i freaking called the fire department for this
1: right yeah well one time we thought we smelled gas in your hallway and we were like i mean do we call the fire department
0: yes i was like i mean my thing has like a carbon monoxide thing and we didn't and we survived thank god but it's like well because because also too you don't want them to come like you know like can y'all just like quietly pull up and not let my neighbors know that i am doing this thanks and i don't even fucking know my neighbors nor do i want to but you smell burning stuff a lot like i do yeah more like cigarette smoke than like smoke right no it's more smoke
1: smoke not cigarette smoke oh I thought it was cigarette smoke uh-uh oh it like it smells like maybe stale cigarette smoke but also like bonfire smoke.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, because that's why I was like, I mean, I don't know if it's my mom or not, because it doesn't smell like smoke. Well, and she wasn't smoking when she died. No, she had quit, thank God. Y'all, so, I mean, she had COPD and all kinds of stuff, so she needed to quit smoking. I mean, y'all can do what you want. But I went with her to all her doctor's appointments, and they told her, like, Okay, you have to stop smoking. Well, if you're a non-smoker, you know you can smell smoke like a mile away. And especially Carrie, now being an ex-smoker, like she smells it even more than I do. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, oh God, that smells so good. Or sometimes you're like, <laughs> or then sometimes I'm like, that's the nastiest thing I've ever smelled. Yes. It, it's, a,
0: it's a like no in between with me. I either want <laughs> to tackle them for their cigarette or I want to vomit.
1: <laughs> well, I want to vomit. And I smelled it, and it was coming from the bathroom. My mom was like a 13-year-old person sitting in the bathroom with the window open, but uh, that don't work, you know? Yeah. And I like barged in on her, and she like was caught red-handed, and she was like, I'll quit. I promise. And I like cried, because I mean, at that point, I thought she was doing good, you know? And it's like, oh my God, I don't want you to die. And then when she quit, and she could smell it so much like you, she was like, I was so dumb to hide in the bathroom? And I'm like, yes, yes, you were.
0: <laughs> you know, one of the things that people used to because, you know, when you were a kid and yes, a kid and smoked, like everybody would try to give you tips to be able to smoke in your room without your parents knowing. And they used to say to like put mustard in your room. And I'm like, that never makes it. I'm like, I just open a bottle of mustard. I have like a bowl of it. What do you mean I put mustard in my room so it absorbs the smoke? That makes literally no sense.
1: I have never heard that. Well, I mean, I never smoked. So there's that
0: okay the next one this one is called mom and the trafficking hub hey ladies my name is brianna you can use my name i currently live in georgia but i'm from mobile alabama hey that's where i was born i literally paused because i knew your mom said that (laughs) every time somebody says mobile alabama you go that's where i was born mobile infirmary i wanted to send a message to you guys a while ago but i was trying to catch up on all the previous episodes i'm still not all caught up but i can see you guys get me through a very long day where i work at is an assisted living home where i found what resident has a true passion for true crime. About 250 books on her shelf. I have many stories, but I'll start with this one. I thought about it only because I recently, like an hour ago, had a very similar experience. So as I stated earlier, I do live in Georgia and I'm right outside of Atlanta, about 35 minutes in Gwinnett County. So we are the trafficking hub of this whole sex trafficking and kid trafficking ring that's going on in America. I can't remember the exact reason as to why I didn't have cash before I got to the babysitter's house, but I went ahead and put my girls into their car seats and headed to the nearest gas station. Now, I've never been one to be scared to go anywhere, but I do know how to pay attention to my surroundings, and typically I'm not one to pick up on body signs and body language, but this day my cues were on point. So I pull up to a gas station in the parking space nearest the door. As I put my car in park, I do notice that there's maybe two or three guys standing outside the door. No big deal. This is normal. I get out of the car and one guy opens the door for me. Once again, this is normal. I walk over to the ATM and notice the guy that opened the door for me come in behind me now. When I got into the gas station, he was only standing there. I think to myself... I don't want to look like I'm just flashing money standing at the ATM. So I do a quick check over my left and right shoulder just to be sure no one is close. The same guy who was standing outside of the gas station and then opened the door for me is now one aisle over from me. I think to myself, Brianna, just look at them, give them the eye. So I stop at the ATM, turn around and make eye contact. He quickly turns his head and starts to walk in the opposite direction of the door. At that time, I think this would be a good time to leave and I can go to another gas station. As I walk towards the door. I can see in the security camera video screen that he's now walking behind me. So I think to myself, this is extremely dangerous. Get out. I get in my car and I notice the guy has now walked to a car and gotten in. As I start down the hill to turn out of the gas station, the car with the guy is directly behind me. I pick up the phone and I immediately call my brother and I tell him I'm going to pull up to your house. You need to be outside right now. The guy followed me for maybe a half mile until I ran a yellow light and lost him. The only thing I could think was this man's not about to steal me and he's damn sure not about to steal my babies. I have more stories to share. I just thank God I'm still here. I have friends who have lost their lives. One day I may be able to share those stories as well. And like I said, that was from Brianna.
1: Okay, first off, really glad you're still here and glad that you were on alert that day. I know, that's so fucking scary. But also, we are going to be in Atlanta and you said you're like 30 minutes away and we're going to do a meetup on Friday.
0: Yeah, so if you listen to this on Thursday, hopefully you're caught up.
1: But seriously, we would love to do a meet, like we're going to do a meetup, but we'd love you to be there. Yeah, so uh, check out the Facebook group
0: because we'll have more deets of the meetup.
1: Yes. But back to your story, that reminds me of this like funny cat video, like Ninja Cat. So the guy was at like the end of the hall and he would like peek over and the cat would be like at the end of it. But then he'd like peek back over and the cat was like midway through and then peek back and the cat's like right there, you know, so it was like Ninja Cat because he kept like creeping and whatever. But how you kept looking over your shoulder and the guy was outside, then an aisle over from you. Then behind you, you know, so it's just like, every time you looked back, he was one step closer. Yeah, except for not in the funny way. Yeah, not
0: funny. Absolutely terrifying way.
1: And we literally just covered an I Survived on Patreon, where a girl was abducted from a gas station. Like, seriously, you would think, oh, you're okay, because it's a populated area. Well, it has security cameras. No, you're not safe anywhere. Okay, Debbie Downer. I'm just saying be on alert like you were. All right, last story, rogue boa constrictors. Sounds like something
0: that I do not want to be a part of.
1: Mm -mm. Hello again. I sent in a true crime story a few weeks ago and sadly still have no paranormal stories for you. But I do have two crazy slash funny stories that happened to me and my family. They're long, so I will try to keep as short as possible. Trigger warning for snake phobias, I guess. LMFAO. (laughs) Well, how do I pause? (laughs) You can't. The first story happened when I was a kid, maybe eight or ten, and my grandmother was driving to her job as a receptionist at a doctor's office and looked down for a split second to pick up her coffee cup, and when she looked back up at the road, she said she saw a huge snake going across the width of the road. Right there, like right in front of her. No time to stop safely. No, don't stop you over that shit. Mm Mm-hmm. Side note, my grandmother actually passed away from Parkinson's complications just a couple of months ago, days before Thanksgiving 2020. No. Parkinson's has its own form of dementia, which I didn't know until she went through it. So she wasn't herself at all the last few years before she died. My whole life, I was very close to her and she was extremely active, playing wiffle ball and riding bikes with us all throughout our childhood. So I love stories that make me think of how she was before. Now, she was very religious. Baptist, although we're from Massachusetts, so it might not be the same as Southern Baptist, but anywho, she said the first thing that she thought of when she saw this enormous snake was Satan (laughs) and ran right over it. Didn't even slow down. She said it went ba-dump like a speed bump. What did I say? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I don't even remember what I said, but I said you go, is that what I did? Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, back to the story. So she immediately did what she always did when there was a crazy problem. Not call her husband, my grandfather, who was still alive. She called my dad, her son-in-law. He was a captain on the local fire department and an all-around handyman. Typical man's man. He was off work that day. Grammy. Butch, my dad's nickname. I just ran over the biggest snake I've ever seen in my life. Dad. Chuckles. Oh, okay. It was probably a black racer. Don't worry about it. Grammy. No, no, this was not a racer. This was huge. I swear it was stretched across the entire road. I ran over it. Dad. Laughs again. Rolls eyes. Okay, okay. I'll call the cops and let them know. Now, as I said, we live in Massachusetts and we don't have a lot of wild snakes. Garter snakes, which are barely bigger than worms, rattlesnakes but the closest place you'd find those near us is up in the blue hills about 30 miles away and an occasional black racer like my dad said which are all black and maybe three feet long and a couple of inches wide at the thickest no there are two types of snakes dead ones
0: and live ones (laughs) and i don't like any of them
1: (laughs) i've only seen one or two in my life she sounded like she was describing an anaconda My dad, of course, thought she was exaggerating. A typical hysterical woman. But he called the cops anyway and said, my mother-in-law says she just ran over the biggest snake she's ever seen in her life. And the cops said, she did. Turns out it was a boa constrictor. What?! Someone had as a pet and it either escaped or they just let it go. You know, eight plus feet long and six or more inches wide in the middle. This was actually maybe one tenth of a mile right across from a field from the elementary school and was headed in that direction. I guess other good Samaritans came across this wounded, enormous snake and stopped. And one guy actually tried to hold its head or something and got bit. Oh, God, no. The man wasn't badly hurt and I'm assuming the snake had to be put down. I don't know. We just always thought it was hilarious that my little grandmother was actually the person who initially injured the thing. She was like, not today, Satan. But dump Damn. (laughs) And kept right on going while everyone else tried to help it. No, I'd have kept right on going too. Same. I wouldn't have called anybody either. I'd just be like, God damn, you see that big ass snake I just killed? (laughs) Grandma got run over by a reindeer. I love that he called and was like, my mother-in-law. And they were like... She did.
0: You know what? That's what he gets for being like a typical whatever female. That's what he gets.
1: Hysterical woman. Yeah,
0: that. No. See, she was right and you were wrong. So <laughs> fuck off. Sorry if that was your dad. It was her dad. Oh Well, sorry. Don't fuck off, but fuck off.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so that story was a little lighthearted and funny. Unless you really love snakes, because it is sad that some idiot somehow let a wild exotic animal out in a completely wrong environment where it got hurt and possibly killed. I think that that's actually pretty common.
0: Um, I may have made that up, but I really think that that's actually more common than not. Like people get these snakes like that and they like raise them up and then they get so big and they can't afford to feed them and all the things and then they just let them go.
1: That is sad. It's awful. But second story is kind of funny to look back on now, but was actually extremely stressful at the time. I was seven months pregnant with my first child when my husband brought home a pet boa constrictor. Same as the first story. Eight feet long, about six or seven inches wide in the middle. I know, I know. Apparently I told him years before that once we had our own place, he could get a big snake. Thinking he'd get over that fantasy? Nope, he was holding me to it. Nope, that, well, those words will never come out of my mouth. Uh Uh-uh, me either. The only snake I want is a snake in your trousers. Um, um, okay. (laughs) My family, his family, and I were like, are you crazy? You've got a baby coming. And my four and five-year-old stepdaughters that spent every weekend with us. What about all those stories of snakes escaping their tanks and coming out of the ceiling or ending up in a neighbor's house or whatever? He said the guy who previously owned the snake had it for like 15 years and that never happened. Okay, so the snake is how old and so now it's going to die? Thank you. (laughs) The snake came with the tank and these clamps that hold the lid down so there was no way he could escape. He had to feed it live rats and I won't even go into those details. It's gross. And I mean, I get it, circle of life and all, but dude, not in my apartment. i won't no part of that. But you're supposed to take them out of their tanks as often as possible to freely slither around and you're supposed to feed them in a separate container so they don't try to bite you every time you reach into the tank to pick them up. That way they only expect food in that specific container.
0: Well, that's smart, but um, that's a lot of work. No, thank you.
1: Well, unbeknownst to me, my husband had started feeding him in our bathtub, Aww. Which was replaced brand new before we moved in. Brand new, beautiful shower tub combo, white, pristine. Until it wasn't. <laughs> I forbid him from doing it. I said, please do not put him in there anywhere else, but not where we bathe our babies. My daughter was just under a year old by now. Still an infant. Well, my husband... Shake my damn head. I love him, but he's the type to think I'm going to do what I want and she just won't know. He was only allowed to take that thing out of the tank to roam around or to feed him when me and especially the baby weren't home. So one night, this was 10 years ago from now, by the way, and maybe six months since we had gotten the snake. I'm driving home with the baby and my husband calls. Hubby. Hey, you almost home? The snake's on the floor. Me. Well, put it away. We're going to be home in a minute. Hubby. No, I said the snake is in the floor. I can't get him. He's gone. Commence panic. Turns out he was secretly feeding the snake in the tub and cleaning everything up before I got home, so I wouldn't know. He said it was so much easier than feeding him in the bin he usually fed him in. Well, stars aligned that day cause two things went wrong. One, this was right after Thanksgiving. What he didn't realize was these snakes go into almost like a hibernation mode during the winter and will start ignoring food. Then they won't eat again till spring. So he bought a couple of rats as usual and put the snake in the tub with the rats close the shower door and the bathroom door like he usually did. He said every time, no more than five minutes, he'd come back and the rats would be gone every time and the snake would be happy and waiting in the tub to be brought back to his tank. Well, this time the snake wasn't interested in the rats and hubby had no idea. It had eaten the previous feeding like normal. So the snake must have immediately decided to explore the bathroom. And, and like I said, he was a big boy. He was more than big enough to stretch his head up over the top of the shower door and down to the side of the floor and start slithering around. This story is my personal hell. This wouldn't have been a big deal except two. My landlord had come over a couple of days before to check the pipes under the bathroom sink because the guy below us, three family home, we were on the second floor there was a single guy living above us and another single guy below us. Well, he was having water coming into his apartment or something. The landlord messed around underneath the sink and then told me he was leaving a piece of the bottom of the cabinet around the pipe off so the area could dry, because I guess it was damp. I didn't mention this to my hubby because I forgot, honestly, and I didn't know it was important. Well, the bottom piece of the cabinet being gone left a gap under the cabinet doors, and And the snake pushed in there. Then pushed into the hole around the pipe. Hubby walked in just in time to see the end of the snake's tail sticking out. And he grabbed it. But the thing easily pulled free. Those things are big. And they're pure muscle. That snake said, Nice try, bro. Bye. See, this is what happens when you hide things from your spouse or your partner. (laughs) Yes, yes. So I called my dad, who was friends with the landlord and had actually done the work in the bathroom. That's why we were living there. My parents and the landlord were church friends, and he gave us a deal because my dad did carpentry on the side for him. I hated that landlord. He had no backbone. We had just moved into the apartment a couple of months before, and when we moved in, we asked him about having the snake in the apartment. And hubby said he really wanted the apartment so he'd get rid of the snake if he had to. The landlord said, well, I don't really allow pets, but if I don't see it, I don't know about it. Wink, wink. Like trying to be cool. I was like, dude, you could have solved my problem right there. My dad, annoyed, called the landlord and told him. This is immediately after it happened. Same night. They decided they'd start helping us try to find the thing the next day since it was late. I was terrified for my baby, so I brought her to my parents' house. She ended up sleeping there every night for six months. I'd drop her off every night because there was this huge, exotic, constricting snake loose in the house. And you know right where my big ass would be staying? And my fucking parents' house, same, too. Same. Same. Now, I assumed the landlord told the other two guys living there. Me and my husband didn't talk to them. Barely saw them. Just a polite nod and hi, how are you when we did. I would be so fucking piss if I was
0: those... People who lived next to you and you weren't even supposed to have a fucking pet and then you let a
1: fucking snake loose. A boa constrictor. No, oh my god, oh my god. The landlord had to tell them, right? That's why I called my dad immediately that night, so he could let the landlord know. Very long story short, I know it's already long, I'm sorry, but this part I'm cutting short. My dad used all his tools and the firefighting tools at his disposal to try and find this thing. They have camera scopes to look inside walls to check for fire, etc. Work through the whole window several times a week and never saw any sign of the snake. Then, about March, we started smelling this awful smell. Oh, God. A little at first, then it became unbearable. You could smell it from the time you rounded the back of the house to go up the stairs to our apartment, all through the front end of our apartment. But it was worse outside. The guy living below us gave us dirty looks a few times, and we had no idea why. Then one day, my dad called and said, uh, so the guy below you has maggots coming into his kitchen. He's mad at the landlord. Just so you know, if anyone asked, landlord had no idea you had a snake in there. You only admitted what happened long after it got loose. That's the story so the landlord isn't liable. Oh! <gasps> I'm sorry, what? We asked if we could have the snake. I was hoping he'd say no. We told him immediately when it was missing and he didn't even warn the other tenants. They could have woken up all wrapped up being squeezed to death by this thing. What a pussy, I hate that guy, no respect for him. My husband was an idiot but we weren't being sneaky like this jerk off. I wanted to tell that guy on the first floor the truth so bad. Plus, I hate that he had my dad ask me to lie because my dad's not like that. He is the most honest person I know. That probably killed him, but my parents felt responsible. My mom's hair started falling out from stress. So the ending is, the snake was dead. It probably crawled as far as it could and froze to death almost immediately. Massachusetts winners and all. Oh my God. Cold-blooded animal. It was only 20 feet away and a straight shot from where it went underneath my sink. When the weather started warming up above freezing temps, it started thawing out and decomposing. That's what the smell was. Ugh. It was a horrible smell I'll never forget, but we still couldn't find it until everything really thawed out, maybe in April. It was under a small roof thing that jutted out over the guy's first floor kitchen sink. Poor guy. That's why he was getting maggots in his kitchen. Everything went back to normal after that. My daughter's 11 now. I got to put my foot down and say no more snakes ever again. And hubby can't argue with me on that one. So sorry this was crazy long. I don't even know if it's too long to read on the podcast or if you will put it on the podcast since it's not paranormal or true crime, but it is creepy, especially if you have a fear of snakes. Creep it real ladies, Ashley P. This was the scariest story I've read all
0: night. Oh, I not There's so many things to unpack here. First of all, your husband going behind your back pisses me off. (laughs) Yes. I like I'm mad for you. Like that would be (laughs) that would be one of those things that he would be like, well, yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, remember that fucking time you lied to me about the fucking Monty Python in the back? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And then your fucking landlord playing dumb. Those poor fucking people, the tenants, that like completely innocent in this. They just live in their best life in a no fucking pet rental property, and then they got fucking maggots coming out their shit in their fucking kitchen. No, 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 no. There's so many things wrong with this story. It makes me. I'm I'm, like mad. (laughs) Okay. I just feel so sorry for these guys that were the other tenants, and then like. What? They're fucked now. They can't do anything. They have no recourse. They can't get out of their lease. What are they supposed to do? Are they going to be responsible for cleaning up their thing? Because the fucking landlord lied about the pet situation like so like what happened because now the landlord's not responsible
1: I don't know why are you yelling at me I just need to know the answers all I know is that I would not be living in that apartment while that was on the loose could not have done it because look if I see an r-word we all know you could say it if you want oh god I'm gonna have to listen to it when I edit oh my god when I see the R word, I cannot sleep until I kill it. That's a teeny tiny thing, even though sometimes I can get big. But compared to a boa constrictor. Yeah. And that's the thing, too, is it like
0: that was legit. Those people's like safety in jeopardy. Like, I don't know that it would
1: have done anything, but like it could have. I don't know. Look, I will look in a toilet before I sit down because, you know, they always have those things where it's like a snake came up the toilet yes. thing. I, I am one of those people, I look at the toilet before I sit down because I'm like, just in case I see a snake. W-. Could you imagine if you were on the toilet and you saw a boa constrictor coming out of your cabinet or something? Yeah. I'm like, oh, God.
0: Not to mention when you assume that you're safe because you're it's your house, like, why would there be a snake coming out of your toilet?
1: Mm-mm. Oh, God. It's so scary to think it was just on the loose. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. But, oh, my God. Like, that he brought home a snake. <laughs> like, honey, we're home.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, there's no,
1: no, I couldn't do it either. I couldn't do it either. I'd be on
0: this fucking podcast because R.I.P. Colby if he did that shit.
1: I know snapped season 11. Look, I don't like exotic pets. We all know I went through my axolotl stage and I only held it like twice. Okay. And then my dad had to do everything for it.
0: That's also what happens to when like people get exotic pets that they don't understand like they didn't like research on or whatever like you with the axolotl like he almost drowned to death because you didn't know that they shed their gills they
1: didn't tell me it was an axolotl they said it was a dinosaur i
0: know but you know what i'm saying though like just i just wanted
1: you to know that that i did my research after the fact
0: But those like type of selling things like like I have a friend that lives in Florida that she has a couple of those um, sugar squirrels. What are they called? Sugar squirrels.
1: Yeah. Like little sugar babies.
0: Yeah. She has a couple of those because people buy them like in the mall like you did the axolotl. And they don't know how to feed them. They don't know how to take care of them. They're nocturnal animals. They're all the things. And they're like, okay, I don't want them anymore because they're they're hard. And then they give them away.
1: That is sad. And
0: it's like, that's the kind of shit that happens when people get these other animals that they don't know anything about, you know, because those animals have very specific diets and stuff.
1: Yeah. See, I can't have something that's high maintenance. I'm high maintenance. I will say I saw someone who has a pet alpaca and... I really want a pet alpaca now. You would last a
0: day with a pet alpaca.
1: (laughs) Look, just don't spit on me, okay? The first time it
0: spit, the first time you had to shovel it shit, you'd be out. Well, I mean, I can deal with shit, but
1: I need to... Can they be trained to shit outside? I don't think so. You're not the alpaca boss, okay? I need to go to that crazy alpaca farm that we went to. I don't
0: think they are either.
1: (laughs) But they're just so cute, and I just want to have one. (laughs)
0: Mm -mm -mm. well thank y'all for sending in the sinister sightings even when they're creepy snake ones
1: Yes. And girl, that is creepy. And yeah. also, we just love stuff like this. When you think something's in your wall, and you know, you're like, my house is haunted, but turns out it's just a boa constrictor. Oh, okay, let's stop talking about it. But yes, that we love those kind
0: of stories, too. Thank y'all so much for sending in all your stories. If you want your story read on the podcast, send it in to us at a paranormal chicks at gmail.com. And remember,
1: creep it real and, and don't, don't get scared. scared.